Has God ever brought you from the throne to the threshing floor? It's this period of discipline where God takes us off the throne of self-interest and through discipline reminds us where our trust belongs. God did this for David because if you remember in the beginning, this shining highlight in the beginning of David's story, he enters in in 1 Samuel 17, sees this giant carrying a shield and a sword and he enters in and he drops his sword and he says, I don't need a sword. All I need are five stones because I don't trust in sword and shield, but I trust in the name of the Lord, my God. This is who David is. It's who God made David to be, a man of pure worship, a man who is after the heart of the Lord. But what we see in David's life is as he steps out of the fields of shepherding and into the throne, his worship grows more complex. His battle plan adds on layer after layer after layer. And over time, the one who once trusted in a single stone, he starts to count swords. He stops trusting and he starts calculating. And with this crack in pure worship, there's this opportune door for the devil to enter in and bring a temptation. We see this in First Chronicles chapter 21. Then Satan stood against Israel and incited David to number Israel. So David said to Joab and the commanders of the army, go number Israel from Beersheba to Dan and bring me a a report that I may know their number. David goes from this place of pure worship. Now he's got to count the swords. Do I have enough to come up against the armies that are around me? This is the one who didn't even care if he had a sword going into a battle with Goliath. And now he's asking, do I have enough? This is what happens when our worship grows complex and our eyes turn from pure trust in the Lord to self-interest. It happened to David. And so the Lord, out of mercy, takes him off of the throne through three options of discipline. I want you to notice in this chapter that this is all about David counting swords. And so what the Lord does is he sends him three options of discipline, two of which explicitly have to do with a sword. The first option was famine. The second, God said, I'll send the sword of your enemies to destroy you in battle. That's the second option of discipline that he gives him. And then the third option is pestilence through the sword of the Lord. You see what the Lord is doing? He's saying, hey, you wanted to count swords? I am in my mercy. I'm going to send you a sword of discipline. Now notice David's choice in first Chronicles 21, the mighty warrior who had just been counting to assess whether he had enough to face the enemies around him. He chooses the sword of the Lord. Instead of choosing to battle against the sword of his enemies, he's already being brought through discipline again into this place of trust in the Lord to say, hey, you know what? I would rather be in the hands of the Lord, even if it's in the sword of discipline, than go against people. I trust in the Lord over flesh. And so he gives himself into the pestilence through the sword of the Lord. And the Lord sends an angel to send a plague throughout Israel until the angel comes to the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. And at the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite, the Lord, through the prophet Gad, sends David off of his throne to go to the threshing floor, right where the angel of discipline is. And at that threshing floor, the prophet Gad tells David to buy the threshing floor so that he can prepare an altar there. Now, David 
offers to Ornon to buy the threshing floor. Ornon turns it down. But David says this in verse verse 24. I love this. King David said to Ornon, no, but I will buy them. I'll buy the threshing floor for the full price. I will not take for the Lord what is yours, nor offer burnt offerings that cost me nothing. You see this shift happening. In the beginning of the chapter, David is asking, how much do I have? He's thinking about himself. And then the shift comes in verse 24, where again, he's coming back to the place of worship to ask, how much can I give? He stops calculating how much he has and starts thinking about how much does God deserve? And I need to give an offering that costs me something. His eyes are going off of himself and again, going to the Lord. Now he buys this threshing floor. And this is beautiful. What happens at the threshing floor is that David starts to prepare an altar. Do you see what's happening? He has dropped his sword and he started again to pick up a stone of worship. And we see this in the next chapter that David has chosen this place, this threshing floor of discipline to be the very place where the temple of the Lord is to be built. This shift has been completed in First, First Chronicles 21 this inciting from Satan that was permitted by the Lord, where David has made a total shift from counting swords to cutting stones. The shepherd boy, again, has dropped his sword, and he's focused again on that pure worship that he had at the very beginning. This is what God does to us whenever over time our worship grows more complex. Our love for Jesus adds on fluff that weighs us down and turns our eyes away from the beauty of the Lord to ourselves. I think about this happening. God did this to Peter and the gospels where Peter's following along. And in the very beginning, Peter sees Jesus and Jesus says, follow me. And Peter says, yes, you're so beautiful. I want to follow you. I don't want to do anything else. I'm dropping my nets and I'm going with you. But over time, you see this in the gospels, Peter started to add fluff to his worship. He started to add complexity. The chaff started to be added to his worship where he started to build this narrative. You know what? I'm the guy who out of all the disciples, I'm going to be the devoted one. And instead of looking at the object of his devotion, he started to develop this passion for being the devoted one. And you see this in Matthew 26, where Jesus is saying, hey, all of you guys are going to depart from me. And instead of thinking about the fact that his Lord was going to go to the cross, what is Peter's response? Hey, even if all depart, I'm not going to abandon you. Do you see that? He's turned from pure worship to self-interest. And at the end, when Peter is brought from the throne of his life to the threshing floor of discipline where the fluff is cast away, where the chaff is separated and God brings about again, pure wheat of worship where Peter is humbled. And at the end of it, John, uh, Jesus comes to him in John 21 and you see Jesus's question. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? me. That's his question to Peter. Peter, look at me. It's not about how much you love me. It's about how much you love me. I'm the emphasis. I'm the object of your devotion. I want you to consider this for yourself. Where in your worship, where in your service to the Lord, has there been complexity added over time? There was a day in your life where all you just, all you needed was to enter into the battle with a stone. There was a time in your life where all you needed was to have a harp and a lyre in the wilderness to worship the Lord because he was that beautiful. But over time, your eyes started to turn from how much you loved the Lord to how much you loved the 
the Lord. And the Lord brings you again to the threshing floor of discipline. And if you will, like King David, surrender. If you'll open your hands, if you'll say, hey, I release myself to you in this moment of discipline, what you'll find on the other side is a fresh altar of a new start with the Lord. Hey, thanks for joining us today as we learn how to experience full life in Christ one chapter at a time. If you want to sign up for the reading plan and more resources, go to livefull.org daily. And if you want to support Live Full Ministries, go to livefull.org give.